welcome and thank you for listening to the Dr. Mom Sage Advice Podcast. Are you a single mom who is tired of feeling overwhelmed by doing it all? Have you been asking yourself, what is my real purpose outside of motherhood and my career? Are you tired of yelling, feeling mom guilt at the end of the day? If you're ready to go from chaos to confidence in your mindset and in parenting, then this is the place for you. Here we are authentic, transparent, and frankly, we're here to burst all of those mom guilt bubbles and empower you to take back control of your life so you can go from just surviving in motherhood to thriving and walking confidently in your best purpose-filled life God intended for you. I'm your host, Dr. Catricia, a board-certified bilingual pediatrician. I'm also fellowship-trained in pediatric urgent care medicine. That's just my fancy title for the weekdays, but 24-7, I'm the proud single mommy of my little wild mini-me toddler. I'm also a postpartum depression survivor. Now, I'm on a mission to empower other single moms to take back control of their life. Through candid conversations, we will learn, be encouraged, inspired, and committed to making practical changes so we can be our best selves for the queen who reigns already inside of us. And we're back. So if you just listened to part one of my story, um, welcome back. If you are just finding this podcast, I welcome you to the podcast. I'm actually telling part two of my story. So you may want to go back and listen to episode one. This is episode two. Um, So you can kind of get a background of where I am coming from. So where were we? We were talking about, okay, I'm a single mom now, right? So I'm like 32. And on my birthday, you guys, I'm actually attending a Lamaze class as a single mom. <laughs> no, okay, it was no, it was not a Lamaze class. It was actually a birthing parenting class. Um, and yeah, going from in the club in my 30 birthday to now 32 and at a parenting class as a single mom it's just something I had never in a million years you could have told me that I would be a doctor I'd be like oh okay um you know tell me that I would you know be a scientist or something I'm such a science nerd I'd be like okay gotcha be married oh yeah have children with your husband oh for sure travel the world live outside of the country you guys that's still in the bucket list and it's coming soon I'd be like for sure that's my life but if you would have told me I would be a single mom I'd be like what no that I I lived in a two-parent home and I don't say that you guys to come off obviously because I'm a single mom as meaning that I think that something's wrong with single parent families because they're not. Like I have plenty of people in my family who were close to me, um, friends who were raised by single parents. It's just nothing I ever saw coming um, forth in my life. And so when it happened, it was quite a traumatic experience for a lot of reasons because you know, a lot of girls when they're younger envision their wedding day and wedding dresses and um, what it would be like to have a Cinderella fairy tale wedding, right? Um, and that, you know, you play the mash games. Don't leave me out here, millennials. Like the little mash folded up, you know, origami like paper back in high school. That was our social media games. That was our um, cell phone. It was the mash, right? 
and you had your three children and your mansion house and you were married to whoever the celebrity crush was at the time and your wedding color dress would be blue, all of that, right? <laughs> um, I just didn't see a single mom in my future. And when it happened, there were a lot of things that I had to grieve and at the same time celebrate. And it's like, how does one do that? How do you grieve and celebrate joy simultaneously? Um, it's not something that I knew how to process because I wasn't even fully acknowledging the feelings that I had. And I think the best thing you can ever do for yourself is to love yourself first. And when you're loving yourself, you are becoming more self-aware of who you are, not just who you want to be, but even who you are now, knowing that you are more than enough. Your lows, your highs, your good and your bad, even your ugly. None of that I regret because it, because it has made me who I am. I'm not perfect. And where I am now, it's not where I want to be because you should always be striving to evolve, especially as a parent not just for your children, but for yourself. But when I was in that moment of going through those nine long months in hot Miami, you guys, I have a summer pregnancy. <laughs> I didn't experience all joy. And it was because I robbed myself from that by holding on to feelings of rejection and hurts and, you know, the B word, bitterness. And it took a whole two and a half, three years before I understood the power of forgiving myself for holding on to the hurt of never being told sorry or never being told a reason that logically makes sense as to why I was doing this alone. So with those emotions and with the surge of hormones and working the hours that I did as a brand new physician, I was experiencing burnout faster than I could see it coming I remember my mom was in town. She actually was in town for the birth. I flew her in because I had been waiting for my family to come down. I was like house searching because, you know, got to give up that condo, beachfront, not beachfront, but bayfront ocean view of the bay. Um, condo up when a baby comes, not really childproof. <laughs> and I moved out further from Miami into uh, the surrounding county um, where a host of my family lived and extended family. And I, you know, moved into the new town home and was waiting for her to come any day now and really, <laughs> really waited to the last minute to fly my mom out. And she was there um, as my support system for the birth of my daughter. And I... I just remember, you know, having a beautiful 
delivery like it was easy peasy <laughs> thank god i just i just know that you know god he in his word tells us you know he never gives us more than what we can bear and um i don't take any moment for granted and i have to express gratitude daily because that is what keeps me from feeling so overwhelmed i mean the stress is going to come right but when i can focus on the positive things and give him Thanks for even the smallest things, like having an easy delivery. Like I pushed twice. And I know I'm probably not supposed to say that because we're like, what? She pushed twice? Yeah, I was in labor for, you know, however many hours. Like I pushed twice. It was so easy. And I'm just grateful because I needed that, you know, like going through that semi alone. So once she was born, I was on the search for a nanny because mom wasn't going to, you know, move in with me. She, you know, would fly back to Kansas City at some point in time. And I tell you guys, one day I'm going to write a whole nanny diary, (laughs) nanny book, like, because it was a hot mess, like the interview process, like people showing up to the interview with their husband and the other kids that they nanny for, people showing up with the kids that they're nanny for. And I'm like talking to them fully in Spanish. And she's like trying to use a child to translate for her. And I'm just like, what is going on? And I just had the mom intuition that I needed to quit my job before I started. (laughs) I didn't want to go back. Like, I'm sure a lot of moms feel that. And I think a lot of that was rooted in knowing that I would be doing it alone and that there wouldn't be a family member or a friend who's like a family member to be in the home with my child. Now, of course, cameras. Oh, for sure. I had all the cameras in the house. But to be paying a stranger, it's like the mom guilt. Like, here I am, gone. 12, 13 hour days, even though they weren't 12, 13 hour shifts, like the commute, you know, to and from. And when you do urgent care, it's, you know, it's not predictable who's walking in 10 minutes before close. You got to see that patient. (laughs) And it's not always a 10 minute visit. I remember uh, sitting in the rocking chair, nursing her and I was just crying. And I'm just so grateful for the friends that I had in my life at the time who came into town to see me and my cousin and my mom. So I had a host of like a couple friends and family members who all came in during that fourth trimester period to support me and to love on me and help me process through those emotions and those mental blocks I was having. Like, am I a good mom? I'm leaving her. And they're like, she's not going to remember this. <laughs> she will be proud of you when you tell her this story years from now. So I just had this feeling though that I, I had decided to hire one season nanny who would be my daytime nanny. Um, she was from Columbia and another nanny who would be my live-in nanny for like the weekend shifts where I was like back-to-back shifts. Um, and she was referred, re- recommended to me by an acquaintance. And so I interviewed both of them, did their background check and because care.com was, I wasn't finding any matches there. And on day one, the second nanny started and she came and she brought her stuff to stay in. And I went to my chef and, you know, I was stalking those cameras, y'all. Even my colleagues would look over and be like, what's the baby doing? And I'm like, oh, she just, you know, she just burped. Like, <laughs> we were like in between patients in the urgent care. Like we would look at the nanny camera. <laughs> and there was a moment where I just felt like my daughter wasn't being attended to. Like I paid my nanny to attend to her. 
And she was almost like letting her cry it out. And it was not like because she went, you know, was preparing her bottle or something. She was like cooking a meal for herself and she was in the other room. And that just really rubbed me the wrong way. And then oh, just watching her kind of like the way she laid her down on her play mat. And I just was like, no, like I, you guys, I left. I left that shift. I told my colleagues, I am going to leave and I will be back. And that's exactly what I did. And I sped like hell to my house. I didn't even tell her I was coming um, got there and I'm not a confrontational type of person, but I went in there and I said, you know, this just is not working out. And she was like, what do you mean? You know, like, I don't have a ride home. I was like, I'll get you an Uber. And I think I ended up like, getting a taxi or something. Whoever came first is I just needed the lady to get out of my house. I just didn't feel comfortable. Um, you probably think like, is she overreacting? No, I wasn't. I was not overreacting. If I could give you a word of advice right now, it's like, always trust your mother instinct. Always, always, always. You know, I didn't understand what that was when I was a new pediatrician before having kids and parents were coming like, I just know, I just know I'm a kid. And I'm like, okay, that's not what it says in the textbook, but I get it now. You know your kid. <laughs> I know my kid. I know my gut when something's not right, you know? Um, and so, I mean, there was not a lot of confrontation, but she resisted a little bit. She was very upset, but I'm like, at the end of the day, it's my child and I paid her for her time. I paid her for those next two, those next three shifts that we had agreed upon um, in cash. And I paid for her ride back home. And she was so upset and tried to put a vex on me. Like legit was like, you will never find anybody to work for your kid. You know, and I'm just like, okay. And, you know, thank God we live in a gated community, but I straight was on like, um, PTSD for a little while after that, like sleeping with the lights on, like what's going on. Um, and I was able to take my daughter. I don't think I took her to work that time. I, I think I dropped her off at, um, a family member's house. That's the thing you guys working these ER urgent care shifts. It's like getting someone to watch your child for, can you watch my child for 15 hours? Like that's not a typical job hour, um, work life right there. So I do that a couple of times, even with like library playdate mamas and they're like you know that you just meet who are also single mothers but you know had the support system of their mom living in the home so they came through for me in a clutch a couple times when my nanny nanny number three <laughs> didn't show up one day when I was on call so a lot of nanny drama stories y'all a lot of nanny drama stories but we made it through and I will never forget uh, I had told myself, you know, get back to work, get back into the groove, make sure this is not just your hormones. Um, before you quit, you know, don't just quit your job just because you got a brand new baby. You got to pay for her, for her diapers. She's growing out of every day. And I went back and it was my very first shift and forgot my breast pump parts. <laughs> Stopped at a CVS. I was like, what can I pump into? And I'm like bought some random bottles to pump into. And, um, my colleagues are so sweet. Like he was like, you know, like um, they even when they scheduled me my very first shift back, they scheduled me for like I think a five to midnight. So they, you know, allowed me to be home with her all day, knowing that you know it'd probably be her bedtime once I was leaving out the house, or excuse me, once I started my shift. And when I get back home, you know, she'd be sleeping, so I wouldn't miss her that much. And it was only you know not that long of a shift. So I was almost wrapping up my shelf and my colleague was like, you know, don't worry about taking the last couple of patients, I'll get them. And he was there before me. So traditionally, like whoever opens the shift would leave first. And I was like, are you sure? He was like, yeah. So I took my 
the third to last. And this <laughs> patient's mother gave me a whirlwind. And she was like, if you don't order X, Y, Z test, some zebra diagnoses, like I'm going to sue you and I have rights. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like talk about like wanting to cry, like breast about to explode from not pumping. I was just like, oh, my first day back. I was like, yep, yep. I'm going to quit. I'm surely going to quit. <laughs> Didn't quit that day, but kept going back. And it was one shift after leaving that ER where I found myself rushing home like I usually do because, again, I, I was neglecting myself. I never thought, oh, okay, take your time, you know, <laughs> maybe stop by the grocery store and pick up a favorite snack or schedule you, you know, a pedicure like after an early shift, you know, um, before you get back to the nanny, you know, she's already, you're paying her by the day. I was always just going home out of mom kill immediately, like to relieve the nanny was paying like a second mortgage and because I just was like man you know my daughter has one parent in the home like I need to be there and um I was leaving a shift at like one o'clock in the morning and I was driving home and all of a sudden like we're at a standstill and I'm like what the is this like why is there traffic in Miami at one o'clock in the morning like where are people going and Sure enough, it was like construction traffic. Like, still, like we all got bottlenecks, and um, I don't even know. I can tell y'all what interstate I was on, but like we all had to get off. And here I am thinking I could like outsmart the roads I'm not even familiar with, right? Like, oh, I'm gonna just get, I'm gonna create my own detour, right, and speed this process up. I like get off of the ramp. It's raining. We're all sitting on the exit ramp waiting for this light to detour us all to the left or to the right. And in a split second, I said, you know, I can't even get this GPS to work. I don't know which way I'm supposed to be going to get to my home. It's I'm already like 30 minutes late from relieving the nanny. I'm going to just go for it. And I made the careless decision, careless, careless decision to like enter onto the entrance ramp. From the exit ramp crossing you know crossing through the, the 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 bypassing street i'm not saying that correctly i was getting on the exit ramp we were crossing over the street we all should be going to the left to make a turn to the left right but i decided i'm not gonna make a left turn i'm just gonna go straight go back into the entrance ramp right you know people do that before like they will get off interstate and then decide they need to get back on and well, that's not going to work for you, Patricia, because you're in the left lane and it's a two turning left lane. So that means you have a partner beside you on the right who I did not notice, was not paying attention to because my mind was like delirious. I'm like up at night breastfeeding my daughter, sleeping probably two, three hours max because she's nursing at happy hour, five o'clock in the morning, reverse happy hour is what I would call it. And then I'm working my shifts in the ER and not eating, not sleeping, not drinking water like just not taking care of me delirious and the light turns green i'm like let's go we gotta go home and i drive through the light and as i'm driving through the light the 18 wheeler hits my right side of my car and pushes me through the intersection 
That's the word, the intersection. Pushes me through the intersection up onto the entrance ramp. That's how much of an impact it was. <laughs> and thank God it was not hurt. They were not hurt. But the damage to the car was all on the right side, like where the car seat was. And it was in that moment that I said, you got to stop this. This is not going to work. This this life, there's no balance. There's no harmony. The work that I was doing, I loved. I love my patients. I am dedicated to making differences. It's what I believe the MD stands for behind my name. It's just not a doctorate of medicine. It is about making differences and making an impact in the lives of children who are future generations and supporting their parents. This is what this podcast is about. I support parents, especially single moms, you know? Um, And I realized in that moment, this was not the best for my family. I couldn't be working these long shifts, driving home in the midnight hours, worrying about how much more money I owe my nanny in overtime, (laughs) rushing home, you know? So what I thought would speed me up actually delayed me. Don't we do that a lot in life? You know, I don't know if you're a Christian. I am. I'm not trying to be preachy, but this is a part of my life. So I'm going to share a lot of biblical principles at times. And it just makes me think of how when we try to speed through things, through storms, through speed bumps in our life that are meant to slow us down, not stop us. But to slow us down so that we can fully embrace the lesson that we need to learn in our life at that moment. When we try to create all these other detours and and, and we veer off the path that was laid down in front of us, sometimes that actually causes us to be delayed longer than what the original delay was, that we perceived as a denial. I perceived that having to get off the interstate was, uh, now I don't get to go home on time. I'm mad. I'm frustrated. I'm going to figure this out on my own. Instead of just going with the flow. So now this accident I caused has delayed me even longer. And here I am for another hour or so waiting for the police to show up, giving them the report. Like, I can't believe, I can't believe I'm doing this. And it was that day, because now it's, you know, morning time, that I made the decision, you know what, let me just, let me review my contract again. Like, if, if you're going to, if you're saying you're going to quit, if you're saying you're going to resign, you know, you got to give them a heads up. You already gave yourself, by now my daughter is, oh gosh, probably closer to six months you know, I had made sure that when I first went back to work, it wasn't just I miss her. I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to work and be a mom because I had my three months of maternity leave, thank God. But I wanted to give myself time to kind of get back into the groove of medicine and learning how to do both of it. Now my mom is back in Kansas City and, you know, I have nannies, nannies, remember, <laughs> who are helping me. And I didn't want to just quit because um, I needed income. But I wanted to make sure that this was truly something coming from a place of my heart and not from hormones. And that accident was my breaking point. It really was a wake-up call 
for me to acknowledge that you're not a superwoman. Irregardless of what the world may think a single mom, a single parent should be doing or needs to be doing and, and oh, they do it all. Like, I don't know how you do it. Don't you guys hear that all the time? It's like, well, I am because it has to be done. Like, you just don't not do something because someone else is not involved, right? Like, you do it. It's in resiliency. It's a forced resiliency. And you guys, I'm going to talk about that. We'll talk about forced resiliency and how super independence is actually a form of trauma, which I didn't even realize until these last year or two. So here I am now looking at my contract like, well, they say i got to give them 180 days notice to resign. You guys, that was a whole, y'all could do the math. I don't know. Was it 180? No, it was 120. That's a long time. And when I did the math, you guys, it legit, legit, the day landed on, I think, the day before or my birthday. I said, okay, that's a sign. That's God's sign. <laughs> Let me go ahead and drop this resignation letter while I'm at the auto mechanic body shop the next day <laughs> waiting on my rental. And that's exactly what I did. I had to put in my resignation letter. And I'm thinking like, this girl about to quit her job. How, wait, how do you do that as a single parent? I did. I had to do it not just for my daughter, but number one, for myself and for my sanity. Because I was burning out by doing it all, all by myself. And I was neglecting self-care. And if you're not pouring into yourself, there is no way you can pour out into those who are depending upon you, which in this case was my daughter. And I fully couldn't show up as being my best self in the work that I'm providing and how I'm serving my patients. Now, I'm not saying I was out there doing any negligent things. Don't get me wrong. Please don't. What I'm saying is, you have to be your best self for yourself first. And sometimes that means acknowledging when you need help, acknowledging that you are unable to do it all. And not being able to do it all does not make you a failure. It makes you human. And I'm so grateful for that accident. Now I am. Because it was my eye-opening moment to realize it is okay to pause. It's okay to rest. It's okay to detour off of the plan that you made for yourself. Because remember, God's plan is always greater than anything we could ever imagine for ourselves. So what happened next? I put my resignation letter in and it seemed like the longest 120 days of my life. <laughs> and actually, um, it culminated with a hurricane. And the last few shifts that I was scheduled to work actually was unable to um, because we had to evacuate. And that was Hurricane Irma back in 2017. And um, that's how 
I transitioned into being a stay-at-home mom. We left the we left Miami for gosh, almost a month, yes, for my birthday, um, in a different city. And we made it back and I became a stay-at-home mom. And it was what I needed for myself, for my peace of mind, for my sanity. And I just told myself, you know, like I have a mom guilt of not being able to really be there the first year of her life because of being a one-parent home and needing to be outside of the home and all the nanny drama that I went through, you guys. So I told myself this would be great because I could spend the last quarter of her first year of life um, with her and bring in her first birthday, which is what we did. And I am forever grateful for that season of life that I had, even as a single mom, to be able to stay at home with my child. And surely I started to do more self-care things because now I had the time and there was no rush and no pressure to have to do it all of getting her ready for the nanny, getting myself ready to leave for a 12-hour shift. It just, I was able to go with the flow um, and be able to just really enjoy our little family. Um, and I did work. I, I did some work on the side. And at some point, I had to come up with what was next, what was plan B, right? Because, um, you know, you need money. And I, you know, had some conversations with people that were close with me. And the decision was made um, to consider coming back to the Midwest where I had left for the past 10 years because of residency training and fellowship training and to be closer to family. And it definitely was a bitter sweet um, decision. Like that interview process was very easy and it was pretty obvious that I had a job even before leaving the interview. And I just, I didn't really take the time to um, seek out God if this was the right decision. And I just felt like I was doing it because I didn't know what was next. Um, And we made that move. We made that transition the following year. And early 2018, spring of 2018. And um, yeah, across country, moved across country as a single mom, had the baby strapped on my back the day the movers came, then the day I dropped off my SUV to be transported across the country. And we said goodbye to the little village we had created, um, to our mommy friends that we had made and watched those babies go from three to four months of life all the way to their first birthday. And that was definitely bittersweet because in my mind, I didn't know if we would ever make it back to Florida. We still haven't at this point in time, but um, we're most definitely uh, beach bums. She's a water baby for sure. We just recently took a trip prior to this recording back to Florida. It's a different part on the Gulf um, and absolutely missed. We I absolutely miss that season of our life. So it's, it w- we will have that again. But now in this part of my story, I've transitioned into a different type of work. Um, Still pediatrician, but the hours are different. The environment that I'm working in is definitely different and more conducive to having a family lifestyle. Um, Because now, I wouldn't say she's necessarily school-aged, but um, I realized it was more financially wise to have her in a school setting, daycare setting, I should say, rather, um, 
because nannies are so expensive, you guys. <laughs> um, and she entered into school a little bit before she turned two. And ooh, the mom guilt there, you guys. I remember sitting outside of the first Montessori school that I picked because I had a transition period. I wanted her to do like some trial days before I started work. And I sat outside that parking lot and watched her on the playground. And I sat in the classroom a couple hours um, and watched how the teachers interacted. And all I can say is always go with your mama gut. Your mama bear instinct is there for a reason. And I had to pull that girl out after like a half a day of a trial because that was not the place for us. Um, and we finally found the best spot. And it was definitely a blessing because when you live um, in a city, uh, it really cater caters to the corporate America, Monday through Friday, you know, nine to five hours, everything shuts down afterwards. And so as you can imagine, there are a lot of parents commuting in, um, but not a lot of daycare options. <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, finding the, the best needle in the haystack, right? And when we first started, we were, I was having to drive her so far away from where we live. And now everything is in our the vicinity of where I work, her school, where we live, and it's just a blessing. So we have transitioned from those crazy 12, 13 hour shifts, leaving her with a nanny, to now her thriving in a school setting with her friends um, and her teacher that she adores. And me being able to be so close to work, which has been a blessing because again, as a single parent, you don't when you don't have um, a huge village, like everything is upon your shoulders. And there's been plenty of times where I got the call in the middle of the day. Thank God it always seems to happen like after the last patient or like in my, during my lunch break and I have to go rush to pick her up because she has a fever and I bring her back to my office or that was pre-COVID or most recently this last summer, I was on the phone actually with her teacher and the teacher was like, oh my gosh, I have to go. Your baby just fell. And sure enough, she had a laceration on her chin and I had to leave clinic and take her to the ER, um, a whole experience in itself. So the lifestyle that we have now has afforded me to have a little more harmony in working and living. You know, I won't say it's a nice work-life balance because I don't, I'm not a believer that you'll ever get a right balance. But I do believe that you can focus your energy in different areas of your life in different seasons based on what needs you the most. And that creates the harmony of the music, you know, that it's playing in your life. And it's working for us in this season. I'm actually very grateful that I get to spend my lunch hours as part of my self-care. You know, I don't always do self-care on the weekends. Um, but I will come home during my lunch hours in between patients to be able to read a book or to tidy up in her house. Now, I know that's not self-care, <laughs> but it makes a difference for this Virgo lady to be able to have a clean home, to see things structured, because it helps me to organize my thoughts in my head as well. So all of 2019, I spent coming home during my lunch hour really working on myself, like doing coursework for personal development, reading. Um, did a little bit of that in 2020 as well, but kind of stopped because I didn't want to bring COVID germs into the house. And now in 2021, that's what I get to do is come home and record episodes or edit blog pieces, work on my brand because 
I once heard this quote my coach told me um, that came from Toni Morrison. She was being interviewed and the interviewer asked her, you know, as a single mom, how did you find time to write your novel? And her response was so profound. She said, I wrote in the edges of my day. And my coach told me, you know, that's where purpose is. Your purpose is in the edges of your day. And here I am, the single mom, like last year, trying to build this brand and getting so overwhelmed and uh, really not giving myself grace. As much as I talk about grace, it's I do not extend myself grace like I should um, because I feel like I have to do it all, right? I'm still learning. It's still a journey. And I know better, but I still believe those limiting beliefs. And in really, when I remember this quote, when I recite it back to myself, it brings me back to that place of peace and calm when I can tell myself that, Catricia, edges of your day, like utilizing my lunch hour or whenever she has fallen asleep, being able to read a couple chapters or practice my Spanish. It may not have been a whole hour, two hours dedicated to something that I wanted to do, but 15 minutes here adds up and 20 minutes here adds up. You know, it's all about that compounding interest, like compounding interest. It's all about like compounding, right? Kind of like compounding interest. You can compound your habits as well. Um, I got that from James Clear out of his book, Atomic Habits. And that's where you lead to success, right? Like over time, these small little increments, small moments that I'm utilizing to build a brand, to work on myself, to improve my parenting skills, I may not see the fruit of it in this season, in this very moment, but it will bring forth a harvest. And that's when you have to remember, you have to feed your faith and you have to starve your fears. And in this process, I realized that purpose, my purpose was birthed out of pain. And that pain was going through that dark season of postpartum depression, knowing what it was, but not getting the help that I needed, um, feeling the pain of feeling like rejection and abandonment of having to do it all alone. And let me tell you, like when you do the inner work, it hurts so bad, <laughs> but in the end, it's so worth it because when you can forgive yourself and you can release others from the hurt and the pain, whether an apology ever comes or not, it really serves you best because it allows you to grow truly into who you were called to be, holy, right? In a holistic manner, when you can let go and move forward and not be no longer imprisoned to your past. Like, I totally don't believe in... Um, wanting to sit around and regret choices because all of those choices led me to where I am now. Um, could I have improved in some habits? Most definitely. What I'm saying is everything that led me up into this moment happened for a reason. Even if it was my plan that I chose over God's greatest plan for my life, what's most important now is knowing that he would use all of it still and work it all together to create that peace inside of me and to create that masterpiece 
which is a purpose, this purpose of being on this journey in this season. I'm a single mom now. I don't plan to be a single mom forever, you guys. I'm just putting that out there right now into the atmosphere, into the universe. Won't be a single parent forever. But in this season, I'm on a mission to encourage other single moms to take back control of their life. Cultivate your dreams. You are more than enough in this season. You are more than enough while you're waiting in this chapter of your life and you're trying to learn how to juggle it all and navigate it all. I know it feels overwhelming. I know you feel like, oh my gosh, this is chaos because it can be. It can totally be chaos when you're a coach, when you're a referee, when you're a teacher, when you're the drop-off um minivan duty when you're on pickup duty when you have all of these things coming at you from your children from the household needs from your job and the corporate world and you realize oh my gosh where how do you you say self-care where do I even fit that in listen self-care is so needed because we can't pour from empty cups right this is this is where I am now it took me a while to get here but this is where I am now And this is why I decided to have this podcast, to be able to share with you guys routines and tips and resources um, to allow you to see that it's doable. It will not always be easy. It will not always make sense while you're going through, but it's totally doable. And I just want you to hold on to whatever your why is. If that's your children, if that's breaking generational curses, if that's creating generational wealth, if that's building a legacy for your great-great-grandchildren, whatever your why is, remember that. And remember to practice gratitude because when we can focus on the positive things, it really starts to minimize all the negative whirlwind chaos that's going on around us, right? So that's my story. And as I said, it's still evolving. And as I said in part one, when you begin to open up your mouth and use your voice to share your truth and to share your story, it empowers others who are around you, who you may not even realize are watching and are learning. We're not perfect. We're not always going to get it right. But together we can make it happen. I'm so grateful that you are here and that you're listening. Please share in the comments with me what you liked about this, what you would like to see coming forward on this podcast. You can always send me an email. It's in the show notes at contact, contact at Dr. Mom Sage Advice. And always you can find how to get in contact with me as well on my blog, www.drmomsageadvice.com. I will see you in the next episode.